Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be with you on this Friday evening. We are coming up on the uh, New Year's uh, Eve and New Year's Day weekend that we have in 2022. And um, so we're going to talk about something that's going to make some folks a little uncomfortable, might even make some folks a little irritated. They might not agree and all of that, but we're going to get in the Word. I told you we're going to preach the whole Word. We're going to talk about God's whole Word. Hallelujah. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for your Word that leads us and guides us along the way. Hallelujah. I thank you for that Holy Ghost power that gives us uh, that uh, guidance and helps us to um, navigate through the Word of God and uh, anoints us, God, with the power. Lord, your Word, it says dunamis, that dynamite power, hallelujah, that you give us when we baptize with that Holy Ghost and fire. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to lead us and guide us along the way. Put your words in my mouth, Lord, I pray, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, I want to direct y'all's attention, if I may, uh, to First Thessalonians. Now, there's two books of Thessalonians, but we're going to go to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, and uh, we're going to read the first three verses in chapter 4. All right, and so if you're ready, now I read from King James Version. That's the one I'm going to study with, and I've explained that before to y'all. And we're going to keep on that same road. All right, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Furthermore, verse 1, Then we beseech you, that word beseech, almost like you're pleading, you're begging almost. We beseech you, brethren, and exhort you. Say, we're trying, we're trying to get you to understand something. We're trying to uh, help you along the way. And exhort you by the Lord Jesus. Now they're not exhorting them just by their own words. They're not exhorting them by uh, their own ideas. They're not exhorting them by anything but the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so it says we exhort you by the Lord Jesus. That as you have received of us. How you ought to walk. And to please God. Now, I want to say something there. He said, as you received of us, how you ought to walk and to please God, so that you would abound more and more. In other words, so that you would increase in your walk with God. You would understand more and more as you go. But he said, you've received it of us. Now, God's word, as we've said, uh, I, I believe this, and I've said it many times. I'm going to say it until the day I die. God says out of the mouth of Peter, he said he'd give everything uh, for us for life, Everything that pertains to life and everything that pertains to godliness. God's word gives us everything. That's the reason why Satan wants to destroy the word. Because he knows that's true. And so uh, what the word says here is he said you've received of us. Now a lot of folks they say well I don't want to hear a preacher. I'm just going to study the word on my own. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you say well if a preacher come up and they say uh, you know uh, won't you come and let us study the word of God together let's look at God's word together and uh, let's have somebody that God has given them the mind to to uh, preach the word or to study the word and there's a lot of folks out there now because de the devil has come along and torn their minds up 
and said, we don't listen to nobody. We're not going to listen to anybody. We're just going to listen to our own selves. And the Bible preaches and teaches against that. God will put a word in the mouth of somebody. God's going to give a word to people. Uh, and so he said, out of his own mouth, the Apostle Paul did, preaching and teaching to the Thessalonians. He said, received of us. You have received of us. What have you received of those apostles? How ye ought to walk. How ye ought to walk and to please God. Amen. So that means there is a way to walk in God. There is a way to please God. And the apostles have established that and given that to the church and we are to uh, allow ourselves to go back the Bible says that we ought to uh, look and seek after the old paths that's what the word of God says and we are to look at what was first delivered to the saints that's what God's word says hallelujah and so he said I exhort you by the Lord Jesus this isn't just uh, something you know so many of us say well I don't want to listen to you you just got your own mind you got your own thoughts no I'm just going to tell you what the Lord says and you can accept it or you can reject it and so he said you've received of us not just anything but he said you received of us or how you're supposed to walk and to please God how you're supposed to walk with the Lord and how you're supposed to please God you know I heard a preacher one time say I just wanted to reach in there and just oh my goodness talk to him but he said, oh, we don't have to be concerned about pleasing God. The Bible tells you something different. That's a lie. And you better quit preaching those lies. And so, it says, you have received of us how you ought to walk and how to please God. Why? So that you abound more and more. That word abound means increase. You've got to increase in God more and more. And, and, and so, how does that start? It starts by receiving from what was in the word of God that has been given to, to these apostles, to these leaders in the church, from the Lord Jesus Christ. So all we are doing now, those that have been left behind, those that have followed on from those people, from the apostles and all those that uh, started the church, uh, early church or way back yonder, we're just simply letting you know what they said. We're just preaching to you what they said. We're preaching to you and teaching to you what they said. Because we are to go back. We are to look at what the early church taught. We are to seek after the old paths. That's what God said. Hallelujah. But we got to find out what that is. And then in verse 2 it says, For you know, you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. He said, you know what we told you. You know what that we said to you, but it wasn't just from their mouth. They, they repeated what Jesus said. Why do you think so many people want to destroy the word? Because they're being used by the devil to do so because the devil himself knows the Bible. The devil himself knows the word of God and he wants to destroy it and he's going to use people. Don't you know that? He will do that. He's going to use people to destroy it. The word of God. And so people will say things like, oh, that's that that wasn't written by God. Well, I got news for you. You're wrong. You, you don't know what you're talking about because the Bible says something different. Amen. Hallelujah. 
It was God breathed. He said, moved on men and, 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 and put that word in them. You can look it up. It talks about it being a God breathed word. And so that means God put it in their mind and their heart. And you know, so many people, they look and they say, well, they talked about this and they discussed this and that and the other and, and they'll get twisted up because of uh, slavery being in the Bible and just uh, uh, rape being in the Bible and just on and on and on. And they will flip it and they will turn it and they will twist it. But what you don't understand is that God himself is got enough brains because he is almighty. He's got more brains than we ever thought of having all put together. Eight billion people on this earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so God himself understood that and allowed the word to be brought to us in the lives that we are living, the ungodly and wicked lives that we're living and talking to us about those things and through those things. And so he said, you know, you see, when the church came on the scene, Things were different. Yes, sir. God was going to create a new creature. Amen. So don't get so confused about things in the Old Testament. Don't you know they didn't have the Holy Ghost? You hear what I'm saying? They didn't have the Holy Ghost offered to them. You got that Holy Ghost offered to you still, even today. I don't care what some preachers tell you and tell you it ain't offered up no more. I'm telling you those preachers are telling you a lie. Amen. That's the truth. Amen means it's a soul. It is so. And so there are preachers out there that are going to tell you that this Holy Ghost is not still being poured out and that people are not being baptized with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, they're telling you a lie. Because there are still people, hallelujah, there are still people that have been baptized, baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire. Amen. I remember the day I got baptized, or the night rather, when I got baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire. I remember it. Yes, I do. I tell you what, God is still filling People baptize them with the Holy Ghost fire just like it did on the day of Pentecost. Now, we ain't got tongues of fire on our head anymore. The Lord showed that so that you would understand that when that Holy Ghost come in you, they're going to be fire coming in you and going to cleanse you. Hallelujah. From all sin. And God is going to sanctify that body and cleanse it up and clean it up that he may be able to use it. Sanctifying that body. Yes, sir. Amen. And so, uh, verse 3 it says, for ye know what commandment we gave you by the Lord Jesus. Oh, excuse me, verse 3. Uh, that's verse 2. Verse 3 says, for this is the will of God. Hello? Pay attention. Even your sanctification. This is one of the things that sets us apart for God. This is what he's getting ready to tell us. That ye abstain. That means you stay away from fornication. Fornication. Now we're going to look at that word fornication. You say, why, why are we going to talk about this today? Why, why are we uh, going to be going into uh, that? Because sexual sin, is, it is going to keep you from being separated, from being sanctified, which means separated for God's use. Sexual sin will stop you. It will literally stop you dead in your spiritual tracks. You hear? It's going to stop you dead in your spiritual tracks. If you don't repent of it and turn around and go the other way. Amen. You say, well, why are we going to talk about this? Why are we going to, why are we going to go into this? What, what, why? Well, God, we're going to preach God's whole word. We're going to talk about God's whole word. We're going to, we're going to have a podcast about God's whole word. Hallelujah. Amen. We got to talk about all of it. Now, when I get into some of this, some some they ain't gonna be they probably even gonna be some preachers don't like what I'm saying. 
but we're going to tell what it is and we're going to talk about it and we're going to preach it and uh you know you can you can like it or you can lump it it don't make no difference to me hallelujah and so uh we're gonna now it's so what it's telling us in in first thessalonians chapter four that sanctification this, this is one of those parts of sanctification sexual sin must be absolutely eradicated our out of our lives and you say well how do you know that well we're going to read some verses that are going to talk about those things and i want you to pay attention i want you to listen now i know that when i get into some of this there are going to be a lot of folks that are going to disagree with me but that don't make no difference to me you got your right to be wrong but um Anyway, but when you look at, uh, you know, and when I say stuff like there's some people, they say to me, you're so prideful, you think you know everything. No, I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing of myself. I'll tell you what, the Holy Ghost uh, is the one that can speak to us and teach us. We've got to be willing to look at the Word of God. We've got to be willing to study the Word of God. And we've got to be able to see what God is saying about all things, God's whole Word. You can't come to the people of God and only speak a partial uh, teaching of God's word. You've got to teach it all. You've got to explain it all. You've got to, under- you've got to let them understand what God is saying here. And so uh, we, we want to endeavor to do that because we want everybody to have the whole word of God, not something that uh, maybe has been watered down or maybe something that has been uh, uh, ignored to be spoken about. Uh, so we want to get the whole word of God out there. Amen. So chapter 6, and I, I'm going to tell you, when I get going here, there are going to be people that are probably going to say, well, i tell you, and that preacher, he's a liar himself. Well, you, you can say what you want, but if you get to looking it up and studying it, and you truly get your mind made up to, to look these things up. Now, I, I don't have, like, just, um, I want to make this clear, where I'm studying these things and I get these things is the same thing where many, many, I'm going to say this, I want you to understand. Many, many conservative preachers and teachers, because I'm a very uh, conservative preacher and teacher, I'm, I'm getting these uh, translations, these words, and all of these things that God gives us. You know, God, God has supplied us, and I'm so grateful and blessed uh, that God has given us many, many tools to use for study and all that kind of thing. But, um, you know, the same concordances that I have seen many, many, uh, preachers and teachers that are over here on this conservative side use and and we want to be respectful of, of letting you know that yes there are some folks that may uh, preach things and teach things and may have not studied far enough may have not looked into things and see what is actually being said here and you say well what are we talking about well we're talking about sexual sin we're we going to get in the Word because the bottom line is that in Thessalonians, we are told that sexual sin, it is literally going to stop you uh, from being sanctified, set apart for God's use. God can't use you if you're going to be involved in sexual sin. He cannot do that. God will not. He cannot because it is against His will. You cannot commit sexual sin and expect yourself to be used. You say, well, I'm in a position of authority. Maybe some of you preachers, you up in the pulpit, and, and you're committing adultery, and you know you are. You need to remove yourself from the pulpit and get somebody up there that's going to, be, that's going to walk with God and, and get yourself uh, straightened out. 
And you understand that? You you can't be, um, you know, committing adultery or doing whatever it is you, you're doing. Uh, but but if it's if it's not within your marital relationship, then that's adultery. And if you're committing adultery, however that goes, however it comes about, then uh, what is happening to you is you're committing sexual sin, and you know you know that you are. You you know that you are. And uh, if you are going to go down that road, why are you still standing in the pulpit? Why are you still preaching? Why are you still teaching? Why have you not removed yourself from that and got yourself down on your knees and repent, hallelujah, and turn from your sexual sin and allow God to work on your heart and to change you? And if anybody in the church knows that it's going on and they just letting it go on, well, that same thing happened in the Corinthian church. They knew sexual sin was going on in the church and they just let it keep on going. Well, why should we do that when we know better? We know what the letters to the church said to us. And these letters are still the same letters to us as it was to them. Ain't no different. Amen. But what, what has become different is that people overlook. And they don't, they've gotten to the point where they don't care anymore. But we got to care. And so let's get in the word of God. Amen. All right. So we're going to go to 1 uh, Corinthians. And we're going to start with verse 9. We're going to start with verse 9. All right, and so it says now, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Okay, so it's already telling you that you, they're getting ready to discuss the unrighteous. What does unrighteous mean? It means those that are not doing right. That's what that means. So know ye not that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven, which is the same. It's one and the same. You're not going to inherit anything. You're not going to have an inheritance. Do you understand? Do you need me to get it real clear to you? You ain't going to heaven. Do you understand that? You're not going to inherit anything from God. All right? It said, be not deceived. You can't be tricked. And this is what the devil's doing in these days, especially in these last days. He's deceiving people. And the first thing it says, neither fornicators. All right? Then it says, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate nor abuses of themselves with mankind, then verse 10, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? So, now we're going to look into the Word of God with this. And we may not get uh, to all of this tonight. This may have to go on to the next podcast. And that's all right if that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I don't mind coming back to you again with the same lesson, but just keep on going. Amen. Because we want to get the whole word of God out there. Amen. So verse 9. So it says that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of asking uh, sort of like in a question form, don't you know? No, you're not. In other words, don't you know that this is what's actually uh, going to happen? You and I, and when I say you and I, uh, you know, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that uh, absolutely the Bible does not teach once saved, always saved. It does not teach that lie. You have got to make up your mind that you are going to live for God and you remember what it was saying in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 where we were. Let, let's, let's go back there for a second because I want to remind you of, of what was said. Because... Uh, we won't get the whole word of God out there. We won't talk about the whole word of God. And so when you're looking uh, 
in in uh, excuse me hold on one second y'all are you looking in first thessalonians chapter four and and you hear what it says it tells you in the very first verse of chapter four of first thessalonians it says we beseech you brethren it's talking to the people of God. It's saying, brethren, this means the family of God. When you see that word, brethren, it's talking about the family of God. He said, furthermore, then we beseech you, family of God, you. This is who it's talking about. Don't tell me it's talking to the sinner. No, it's not. It's talking to the family of God. Amen. And then it says, I exhort you. In other words, I, I need you to understand something. You're going to have to be encouraged to do right. That's what it basically going to tell you. I'm, in, I'm, I'm going to exhort you by the Lord Jesus, not just anybody, but by the power of the Lord and His Word. He said that you, ye have received of us. He said, look, we told you what was right. We told you the truth, how you ought to walk and to please God. How you ought to walk and to please God. And so, when we go in, to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you've got to remember, this is the same one that was talking to them in the book of Thessalonians that's talking right here in the book of Corinthians. And you don't have somebody, uh, you know, double-minded. You don't have somebody twisting up things. No, he said, look, there is a way to please God. There's a way to serve God. There's a way that we are to walk. And so when you start looking at the Corinthian church, they had sexual sin in the church. It was ever-present with them. And the bottom line is this. Everybody knew about it. They knew what was going on up in that church. You can read the letters yourself to the Corinthian church. And the Apostle Paul said, you knew, you knew all about this sin, and yet you let it keep on going. And you didn't say that anything to that person. You can say, well, you know, everybody's going to do what they want to do. Well, listen, if it's in the church, you have to confront them. You can't let it just keep on going. And if you don't think you're supposed to confront them, then you have not read the word of God. It cannot continue on. And so when they are caught, y'all hear me, you know the Bible says what's done in the dark going to come to the light. Don't you know, hallelujah, that's what it says. Amen, it's the truth. What you've done in the dark, don't you know that it's going to come out in the light? Yes, it will. One of these days you're going to get caught what you're doing, yes, sir. You say you preach like as if uh, you holier than thou. I'm not holier than thou. If you know anything about me, if you would meet my uh, family or you meet anybody, you know I. You would know that I am not like that. But you know I had to repent just like anybody else. I had to look at my sin just like any other belt, anybody else, and I had to say, God, forgive me of this or that or whatever. But if you listen, if you're gonna be in the pulpit and you're gonna be preaching, you better get your life right. You can't be up in the pulpit and doing what you're doing. And you say, Well, why are you talking about this right before the weekend of New Year's? That's exactly the reason why I'm talking about it, because I felt the Lord lead me to it. Because I'm gonna tell you what. Do you know all the mess that goes on at New Year's Eve parties? Hmm? Don't act like you're so backwards you don't know. I, I'm a Pentecostal holiness preacher, and I'm not ignorant to that, and neither are you, and you know you're not. I haven't always been a Pentecostal preacher. Oh, my goodness. I lived out in the world. I know what's out there. I'm not blind, and neither should you. 
You shouldn't be blind neither. Y'all know there's things that go on. You say, well, we just have our nice little sweet little thing going on on New Year's Eve. And we just eat our black eyed peas and our ham. And we just have a little deal with our little sparklers and sprinklers. And our, or not sprinklers, but sparklers. And, and our, we pop our fireworks. And, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You know for what I'm talking about. There's folks, and some of them claim to be Christian. Now, look, I know the devil can can get us wrapped up in things, even Christians, if we get too far out from where we're supposed to be. Hmm? That's what happened to, to Mama Eve in the garden when I called her Mama. Y'all know it says she was the mother of all living. And you know she got over there too close to that tree. Now, the devil was never able to be talking to Adam because he never got close enough to the tree, but Eve did. And then Eve was the one that was used to pull Adam down. Amen. And the devil ain't stopped the way he works. So you get too close to the tree of sin. I'm going to take. Don't you know that's what it says was? The tree of, of what? Oh, come on now. Tree of good and evil. It's going to tell you the difference, the knowledge of those things. The devil didn't want to tell Eve everything. Oh, don't you know you'll be wise? Don't you know you, 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 you know, God is just trying to take you away from all the fun. Woo! That's what the devil want to tell you. God's just such a thing. He don't want you to go out and have a good time. You know that's true. That's what the devil says. You know it. And so sometimes Christians, they get wrapped up and they start getting too close to the tree. Well, why are you getting too close to the tree? I'll tell you why. Because you ain't staying full of the Holy Ghost. That's why. Because you, 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 you slowly but surely, you miss one day of prayer, then, then another, and then pretty soon a whole week's passed, you ain't prayed. And the next thing you know, two weeks passed, you ain't prayed. I know how it goes. I backslid. I know what I'm talking about. Don't sit there and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You full well do. So if you're on your way out and you're thinking, ooh, this weekend's coming up and you got your plans to sin, you better think about what this preacher's telling you. Because how do you know you're not going to get caught where you find yourself faced with God? Because you got messed up over there and since something happens. And then your soul is lost and, and you dead somewhere. You know, your body's dead somewhere, but you're standing before God. And God said, why, why, you, why did you go over there? Why did you do that? When you knew, you knew that I saved you and I delivered you. Why did you back up and go over there when you knew you shouldn't? Because the Apostle Paul is saying there is a way that we please God. There is a way that we are to walk. And sexual sin, it absolutely, absolutely will stop you from being set apart, sanctified for God's use. God wants to set us apart. That's what sanctification is. God, uh, when we've made up our mind, we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no way to be sanctified without putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And once that we have done that, God wants to set us apart. Once He baptizes us with that Holy Ghost, and God wants to set us apart for His use and His purpose. Not for our own uh, fleshly desires, but for uh, His desires and what He wants to do with our lives. And so sexual sin is going to destroy that. It is going to absolutely wipe out us from being sanctified, set apart for God to use us. Now, I know about this. I sure do. I know about this firsthand. Yes, I do. Because when I backslid, I'll tell you what, I know all about this. That's why I can preach it with such vehemency. Because I know how this can go. 
Amen. You say, well, God ain't going to use no backside to come back and preach. Look, you know what? The Bible says God is going to use anybody he chooses. Yes, he will. He's going to do that. He's going to use anybody he chooses. And, and you know, he's even going to use the people that God can't stand. You say, I don't, there ain't no Bible. Oh, yes, there is. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. He's going to use the base things. Look it up. He said, God will use the base thing. The things that people, they can't, they say, oh, oh, they're so nasty. They're so, they so, God can't do nothing with them. God don't want to use them. I remember when I back and I came back to church. Do you know there were people down to that all now I ain't talking about everybody. There was some good folks praying with me when I came back. But but you know, there was folks down there that refused to pray with me. They refused. You say, Well, how do you know if you were praying? Because I was informed. And I was informed later on, of course, uh, and 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 they were there. And somebody said, Why won't you pray? Because they stood back and they refused. And they said, why won't you pray with him? Because they said, I'm not praying for him. And and the reason why is because some people found out what, you know, sin that I had fell into when I backslid. And so you you have to understand, uh, well, number one, you're not God. And number two, God is going to even use the base thing. If God can bring a backslider back, and say, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. Now you knew the, you knew the truth when you were here the first time, but, but you got too close to that tree. Don't you know that's why people backslide? You better hear me. If you, if you think about backsliding, you think about leaving church. You better hear now. You, you gonna get, you're getting too close to the tree. Oh God, help us, Jesus. You, you're getting too close to the tree. You got to back up. Hallelujah. Yes, you do. You, you have got to get your mind made up. I've got to serve the Lord. I, you, you've got to have a relationship. You've got to fall in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. And no matter how people treat you, you got to keep on moving. I'll tell you what, when I when I came back after backslide, and I and I didn't just backslide once, I backslid more than once, but but God finally got a hold of me and just shook me and said, It's time for you to get up and stop this and get on your business, the business I've called you to, and do what I asked you to do. Well, I'll tell you what, they folks didn't they don't like that. Oh, God can't use you. Listen, no matter where you've fallen, no matter what's happening, if, if you're somebody listening and maybe you've fallen into sin, maybe maybe you fell deep into sexual sin, maybe you just, uh, you know, uh, you've just gone your way and maybe maybe you're one of those that call them the serial backslide and you, you finally, you know, you realize, look, I have just made a mess out of things. And you realize that God, and I'll tell you what, God, when he brought me back, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's been many, many years ago, and God finally kept me. And you say, well, well, how you know the Bible says to keep yourselves in the love of God. That's how God can keep you. You've got to keep yourselves in the love of God. You've got to stop getting so close to that tree. And when I say tree, I'm talking about Satan and what he does. He tempts us. It's the same thing he did with Mama Eve in the garden. Yes, he did. And he's going to do the same thing. And you know, unfortunately, New Year's Eve, it's one of those things. You say, well, you you make it sound like you, you was doing on Thanksgiving, on New Year. No, I just know what I've seen and I've heard over the years. I've seen a lot. I've heard a lot. And all of those things. And, uh, you know, you, you've got to understand that there's certain places and spaces that a child of, ought not, a child of God ought not be. 
And, and I'm not saying that people can't celebrate the New Year's. I'm not saying that at all, and I don't want anybody to misunderstand or misinterpret what I'm saying. But you do have to be careful where you go and who you're with. And there are a lot of things that are going to go on tomorrow night, New Year's Eve, and people are going to be out and about, and they're going to be committing all kinds of sin. And a lot of times, what is going to happen, because people have been drinking and they're going to be doing, and they're going to be involved in, in sexual sin. And a child of God should not be a part of that. They really not, and and I'm not being mean to y'all. I'm not being. I love y'all, because see, I've I've been there. I know what it feels like to get too close to you. I know what it is for the devil to tempt you, pull you out, backslide, tear your life up. I know what that is, and I don't want that for you because I love you, and I want to tell you because I want to help you. I want to encourage you. To, hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. I want to encourage you to come along and serve God because He loves you. I'm I'm not kidding. The Lord, you know. Don't listen to to nobody. I you know even some Christian your people call themselves Christian. Excuse me. Some of them you can't even listen to them. Some of them are just gonna be mean and hateful, and they just they just gonna be that way, and they they're planted there. And and the Lord even said, your father's the devil. Well, there's some people that are in the church. They claim to be Christian, but their father's the devil. That's just the way it is. And I know people don't like hearing it, but it's the way it is. The truth will come out. Yes, it will. So, sexual sin is something that is a very uh, a difficult thing to deal with. Uh, you know, the thing of it is that God created us to be sexual beings. God has given us those urges and all of that kind of thing, and God uh, aimed for it to be used uh, as, as a means of intimacy and pleasure in a marital relationship. All right? And so, and those things uh, are cer certainly uh, worthy of honor, as the Bible says, and uh, all of that. And so we, you know, we're going to go from there. I'm not going to get into uh, a bunch of other stuff that people probably would wonder if I'm going to go there. Uh, there's some place I'm not going to go because I know that some people, they, they don't want to listen to the whole word of God, but we are here to give the whole word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so let's look at verse 9. Let's get into this for a moment because I don't want to uh, go on too, too much uh, more, but I certainly want to have enough out there, enough said before this New Year's Eve that maybe it'll give people time to stop and think before you allow yourself to be placed in a situation that's going to be detrimental to you spiritually. So verse 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous, that's the people not doing right, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you think that just because you say Jesus that uh, you can go commit unrighteous behavior? The Bible don't teach that. And if you are being taught that by your preacher, I'm going to tell you what, you better get out from under that shepherd because he's lying to you. You you can't have that kind of uh, teacher that, you know, they're going to teach you the wrong thing and, you, and, and, and they are going to give an account. That's true. The Bible says they're going to give an account, and they're actually going to have a worse uh, account to give than you because you followed them. But I'm telling you, if you've got a preacher that's telling you, look, once, once you save, you always save. It don't matter what you do. You better run from them because they're not telling you the truth. The Bible does not teach that. And so, anyway, he said, No, you're not, that the unrighteousness shall not. You shall not. Shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
be not deceived. Don't be tricked and fooled by anybody. Not a preacher, not a not a, a so-called saint of God that's going to say, "Come on, let's hey, let's just let's go over here." You know, nobody's going to know. Da, da, da. Oh no, God knows. He sees everything, and He even knows our thoughts. We're not even going to get away with our thoughts because God can read even our thoughts. So the very first first thing it says, "Be not deceived." It says, "Neither fornicators." That's attached to sexual uh, situation. Nor idolaters, a lot of people don't know, but that's attached to sexual situations. Nor adulterers, that's attached to sexual situation. Nor effeminate, attached to sexual situation. And nor abusers of themselves with mankind, attached to sexual situations. Now, there's other things that we're going to read in verse 10 um, that we'll talk about next week. But I do, before we go into verse 9 for a minute, I want to look at verse 11. It says, and such were some of you, but you are washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And so he's saying, look, there are some of y'all that are here in the church of the living God. He was talking to the Corinthian church. This letter was going to them. He says, some of you were there. So look, there are going to be some folks that don't like the fact that there's people there that used to be in that situation. And, and, and you know, and they may, they may, stick their nose up in there at you they may not want to be around you they may not shake your hand i literally had people i'm not kidding just literally walk away from it they wouldn't want to speak to me uh they were not kind they really were not but you have to keep moving on and god will bring people in your life that will help you to get through uh to help you to move forward and to serve god so be strong in the lord and and know that god is watching and he sees everything and he knows your heart if you've made up your mind you won't serve the Lord and you've pulled yourself out of some terrible sexual sin, I, I'm going to tell you, it's 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 one of the hardest things you can do. It, it is honestly, uh, when you get trapped in sexual sin, it is absolutely one of the most difficult things to um, allow yourself to pull away and give it to God because uh, it becomes so addictive. And uh, many people know about this. This has taken down many a preacher. And y'all can't say you don't know that. Don't you sit there and act like you don't know that. You know that full well. It's true. Many, many a preacher, many, many, even presidents of the United States now, you know, many have been taken down by sexual sin. And not just men, but even women we find as well. So sexual sin can be very detrimental to, uh, to us as human beings, just as human beings. Because we can, we lose respect for ourselves and all those things, and we don't even realize that that's happening. You know, some people say, "Oh, I don't care what," you know, I, "I'm okay with what I'm doing," and and there's some people that have that attitude. But there are many, many people, many, many people that are affected in such a way that uh, they they feel that disrespect upon their own body, but they are trapped. And they don't know how to get out, and they just keep repeating it. And that same guilt and that disrespect to themselves and all, it just keeps repeating itself over and over. But I promise, hallelujah, I promise you, thank you, Jesus. God can deliver you. God can take you. God can help you. Yes, he can. Hallelujah. The Lord can help you out no matter how far down you've gone. Amen. I'm telling you, it's the truth. You say, but you don't know what I've done. I don't know what you've done, but I sure enough will know what I did. Yes, sir. And so I know God, hallelujah, I know that God can deliver and save, hallelujah, and he can bring you out and help you and get your feet set on the rock to stay. So these things are all uh, that you see in verse 9, they all have a component 
of sexual sin. And we find in the book of Thessalonians, as we read, that this is something that can keep us from the sanctification that God wants to do with our lives, which means God wants to set us apart for His use, for His glory, for His honor. But if you're going to be involved in things, you know you're going to be a teacher uh, in the Church of the Living God. You're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a, maybe you want to sing in the church. Maybe you won't be in the music ministry. Maybe maybe you're going to be a part of uh, you know maybe you want to be a, a deacon. Um, you know somebody that's involved with uh, many of the church, and we're going to talk about that next week because there's involved in verse ten some of those things that we've got to talk about too, and being honest and and uh, all of those type of things. But if you look at this, the very first thing, and there's not just one thing, God has made sure that the Apostle Paul has went through detail about sexual sin. So let's look at this for a minute. Be not deceived. You cannot be tricked. Go study these things. Go look at these words. Go look them up, preachers. Go look them up. Because you know, there are a lot of preachers, and they are pretending now I'm not being mean. I'm not being mean because I and I'm not being. I'm not trying to be uh, self-righteous towards preachers or nothing. I'm not trying to do that. What I'm trying to get you to understand that if you are a preacher, if you are a minister of any kind, don't you know that the devil is going to try to take you out with sexual sin? So you got to be very careful what you do. I remember telling somebody, because of the ministry that we have, I said, you know, anytime that I uh, need to counsel with certain people, I said, I'm going to need somebody else uh, that is going to be nearby, that is going to be possibly even in, involved in that, so that uh, I'm not alone with certain people, not alone and not because, and you've got to be very careful of that. You've got to make sure that, uh, and, and I realize that some people, they need the privacy of discussing certain things. But you've got to be very careful what you do, and especially nowadays, because, uh, you know, there could be uh, innocence there, maybe not uh, necessarily a, a sin going on, and somebody could literally, uh, you know, falsely accuse you. They could say, well, you said this or you said that, but if you've got witnesses, and uh, some people not going to go down that road, and I realize that there's some people that's not going to want me to say, look, in order for me to counsel you, I need somebody here that's a that is going to, they will be discreet as well, uh, but I need a witness in here. And sometimes we've got to go down that road. And it's unfortunate because the world has gotten uh, so far away from the ways of God that even those that are in the church, you never know uh, exactly what you could encounter. So you've got to be wise. The Bible says be wise as a serpent. And so we've got to do that. We've got to be very careful. So, so, uh, uh, so here we go. It says, neither fornicators. Now, that word fornicator, when you look it up, go look it up. It means a male prostitute, and this we know can mean like a street prostitute, like somebody that's prostituting themselves on the street. Now, whenever I say on the street, I don't mean literally they got to be standing on a corner. That's not what I mean. People can be prostituting themselves right there on those phones, and you know it. That's how street prostitutes work. Now, it's a different thing now. You know, used to back in the day, you, that's what you would see. You knew there was a certain place and people would go and that's where they were. And you have, and still today, you know, there's certain cities where prostitutes hang out in certain areas and certain places and people go in those areas. Now, I've not uh, necessarily uh, participated in, in looking for, you know, go say, okay, well, where do the prostitutes hang out? 
But I've known people that have actually done that and they've and their lives have been destroyed. And so, uh, but when we talk about street prostitutes, in other words, they, these ones that are mentioned here, fornicators, now I know a lot of you just shaking your head and you say, no, but you need to look it up. Uh, a lot of those folks now, it's a different way because we're in the tech world now. We've got phones, we've got internet, we've got all these different things. So it can come about in a whole different uh, way now. And so you got prostitutes that, they're not going to look like they're standing on the street. They can be right there on the phone, and, and, and you meet up, and you, you know, hey, you know, and, and there's all kinds of sites people go to, and you say, well, why are you saying those things? Because, as I said, number one, I backslid. I know what I'm talking about. Number two, I'm also going to tell you this, and I know a lot of people, they're going to say, well, why, are you, why, why would you do that? Because, you know, familiarity can destroy, uh, you know, ministry and all that. Look, I ain't got nothing to hide. I'm just going to tell you, look, I'm giving you a forewarning because I know how it goes. I know you can fall into sin. I know if you get too, too close to that tree, I can guarantee you, you're going to fall. No questions about it. You get too close to that tree of sin, you're going to fall. It's going to happen. Because you're climbing yourself a little closer and a little closer and you know you are. And maybe you got your little plans. See, I can say these things now. I can be on this side preaching and teaching to you because I know what I came from and I know what some other ones that I've talked to and I've counseled with and I know that these things happen. I understand that. So I'm trying to, and I'm not just talking to y'all ministers. No, I'm talking to you, child of God. Those up in the church, the same thing. You say, well, if I, if I, was, if I was thinking about it, well, all right, you know God and read your mind. And now you ought to know that. If you don't know that, I'm going to tell you right now. The Bible says he does. So you better understand. God reads your mind. So if you already got a thought and you've been thinking, I'm going to go do this and this and this. And I'm going to, you know, there's all kinds of things and all kinds of ways that people uh, maneuver through this. And, and what it does, sexual sin, it destroys families. It destroys even marriages. It destroys uh so many things. It can destroy jobs. It can destroy just so much in a person's life. Sexual sin can absolutely be completely destructive to people. And Satan knows that. He knows that. So what he will do is he will put temptation out there. Now certainly, be having temptation thrown at you, that not a sin, but he go, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do when Satan throws that temptation? That's one issue. And so what you've got to do is you got to do the same thing that the Lord did in, in, in the wilderness. Remember what he did? The Lord would quote the word. Well, how are you going to do it? Because it's your sword. If you don't know the word and you're not listening to the word and you're not, you're not allowing the word to be a part of you so that you can turn around and say, Satan, you are not going to do that because the word of God says this. Amen. And that's what Jesus would do. Every time that Satan says and tempt, would tempt the Lord and God uh, or Jesus, who is God, would speak back to the devil and say, look, but the word says this. Just like, you know, the devil told him. He said, I know you're hungry. The Lord had, you know, he fasted for 40 days. It says he was hungry. And so the devil told me, he said, well, uh, won't you turn these stones into bread? Because if you're the son of God, you could do that. And that was true. The devil knew it was true. But the thing of it is, the Lord turned around to him and used the word of God against him and said, but the, we know we're not to just live by bread alone, but by every word Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word. 
So that means we've got to talk about sexual sin because it is in the Word of God. You've got to talk about it. You've got to deal with it. And, and it's got to be done. And a lot of people, when you start talking about this, especially people in the world that are not regenerated and don't have the Holy Ghost, you know what they do? I'm going to tell you what they do. They will sit there and say, Oh, he's talking about that because that's what he's doing. I know exactly how it goes. Yes, sir. But see, there comes a time, you know, if you've truly repented and you're walking with God and you're staying full of the Holy Ghost, you've been baptized with the Spirit and you're staying full of the Spirit of the living God, and you got the word down in you. God is going to direct you and say, look, you know where you came from. Now go tell them. Go tell them what I said. Go let them know that sexual sin is going to destroy them. Go let them know that they've got to repent of these things because this is not going to allow them to be sanctified. I cannot use them like that, you see. And so fornication, it means, look it up. It is not talking about you say, well, well, God would talk about female prostitutes and this and that. Well, certainly he did. But see, let me give you a little for instance. Here. Let, me, let me just explain something to you. You know God is not going to miss a beat. Do you know he's not? He's already talked about female prostitutes, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We know that he did. But God's not going to miss a beat. He is not going to miss anything. So he's going to talk about male prostitutes too. And he's not just going to talk about those temple prostitutes that were in there. He's going to talk about those that were uh, your average Joe, whatever you won't call them, or whatever. I'm not, I don't mean to say Joe is in, you know, if your name is Joe, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I didn't mean that. But I'm just saying. The average person, I guess that's what I should have said. So don't get offended and get all mad at me and say, my name is Joe and don't talk about me like that. I wouldn't talk about any specific person named Joe. You know full well that sometimes people use that term, average Joe. So I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, okay? But if, if you're going to get your feelings hurt that easy, you probably need to pray through because you shouldn't have known what I meant. But if I did hurt your feelings, I'm sorry and I apologize but you need to pick yourself up by your Holy Ghost bootstraps and, and get yourself down the altar and pray through. And, and I'm, I'm going to hope you're going to forgive me for hurting you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not being facetious. I mean that. I do. Now, so there are two different prostitutes that are going to be discussed in these passages. Now, I know there's some people not going to agree. Well, that's all right. Like I said, you got your right to be wrong, but you need to go back and look. You need to look these words up, the Aramaic, Greek words, whatever, whatever you want to call them. All right. So you say, well, you sound like you don't know what we're talking about. Look, go get the concordances and look it up and, 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 and tell people the truth. Tell people what it says. God is not going to miss a beat. God's going to talk about the female prostitutes and the male prostitutes. And he said, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. No way, no how. So whether or not you're an actual prostitute, okay, and this is talking about male prostitutes right now, so we're going to talk about that. And you say, well, why would the Apostle Paul even talk about that? Because there was what was called the temple of, uh, uh, let's see what, I can't, oh, I never can remember that name, but Aphrodite, I think it is. is how you pronounce Aphrodite, I think it is. Anyway, but it was a goddess of love. Now, there's temple prostitutes up in there. There's about 1,100 up there. And, and, and the Corinthian church, they knew about that place. And, and the Apostle Paul had to instruct them, look, 
you don't need to be going up in that temple and, and uh, uh, having yourself a good little old time with one of them prostitutes because a child of God ought not be doing that. Well, you know, there's some people that want to argue and say, oh, they were all female prostitutes. If you study long enough, you're going to find out that ain't true. There are male prostitutes, there's female prostitutes, and so on and so forth. Now, so, uh, know ye not that the unrighteous does not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators. So these are male prostitutes. This is like, uh, you know, and listen, don't you know that the Bible even says that a person could be a prostitute? Now, this, this podcast is going to be a little bit longer today. So I won't get this out there before New Year's Eve come, and you better be thinking about things wherever you are. You better be thinking about what this preacher said. Amen. Don't get yourself. Don't go near the tree. If you know that you were headed somewhere and you didn't want to tell nobody, and you're a Christian or you're a preacher, and you said, "Oh, I'm gonna go say I, I got to go counsel with somebody." Do you know I've known people like that? I sure have. I have known personally. People that got caught in that. I absolutely have known personally people that have got caught because they said they were going to counsel this or that, and what they were actually doing is they weren't counseling. They were they were doing other things. Y'all know what I mean. Yes, you do. And so you you got to uh, make sure that you flee fornication. You got to flee away from it. You can't you can't put yourself in the middle of that. I'm telling you what, brothers and sisters, you you gonna burn yourself. Don't you know the Bible says you can't take fire in your bosom and not be burned? It's going to burn the inside of your soul. It's, it's going to do damage. Don't you know when people get burned in fires, they're damaged. And a lot of times they are forever having uh, infections and skin grafts and all this. Because when you are burned, it literally, just as it would in a person that's burned in a literal physical fire, it does so much damage and it, it, it is a lifelong, very painful process for them to go to sometime for a lifetime. Uh, dealing with skin grafts and dealing with infections and all kinds of things that happen with people that, that have been burned. But but this is used, this euphemism or whatever you want to call it. Can you take fire in your bosom? It's it's me because it was talking about sexual, sexual sin when it was referring to that. You can go back and look at it. And so sexual sin, it will burn inside of your soul. It's going to do damage to you spiritually. And so you've got to stay away from from it you got to stay away from it it's a danger uh and and you know when when you know any preacher you see a danger a dangerous area you're supposed to warn the people that's what you're supposed to do and so you that are uh in a church and you got a preacher that's going to be preaching that don't be mad at them they're doing their job you know if somebody knew that there was a bridge out and you didn't bother to put a sign up and people just fell off in the way down into the lake or the river and died. Well, how come you didn't warn them? Why didn't you put a sign up? Why didn't you tell them? Well, because so many people nowadays, they don't want a preacher telling them. They don't want that. They want you to just let them run right into sin and do whatever they want. Well, you can't do that. All right. So male prostitutes. That's the, you know, you can act like a prostitute too. You may not be just doing for money, but if you're acting like it, how does, that, how does a prostitute act? They're having sex with people they don't even know. Or maybe somebody they're not married to. Okay, If you're not, if, if you're not in a marital relationship with a person, then, then you're acting like a prostitute when you're having sex. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, like I said, you got your right to be wrong, but you need to study the Word of God. And so, uh, you know, when some people say, well, that's just so harsh. and that, Look, 
we ain't got time to pussyfoot around with Jesus and 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 be a bunch of whiny babies. We got to grow up and we got to look at the word of God and we got to tell it like it is so that people understand, look, this is a danger zone. You need to understand there are signs uh, all up, red flags all over the word of God. that sexual sin. It will keep you from being sanctified, used of God. Absolutely. And it not only can destroy that person, but it can destroy their families. It can destroy a church. It can destroy a career. I mean, it, it really, uh, and, 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 and literally uh, just do wreak so much havoc, cause so much pain. And so we've got to be very, very careful with where we walk and what we do. So male prostitute, don't take it that, oh, well, as long as I'm having sex with a stranger and I'm not taking money, then I'm not being a prostitute. No, you're acting like a prostitute. Because that's what they do. And the Bible even talks about people that are that behave like a prostitute. You don't have to be taking money because the Bible even said that the prostitute herself, that uh, she would give gifts to those that, that she, she wanted them to come and visit her. So it can have all kinds of different ways of looking. Don't think just because you ain't taking no money, you ain't acting like a prostitute. If that's not your spouse, you hear what I'm saying? If you're not married... To that person, I'm going to tell you right now, you it, you go out and you have a sex with it, you act like a prostitute and you need to quit it. You need to stop because God wants to use you and sexual sin is going to stop you. You say, well, I know people that was up in the pul pulpit and they committed sin and they, and, and, and they came back to the pulpit. Well, did they repent? Did they have a time that God uh, took them away from there and... and and, you know, I mean, God will have a time of judgment and correction. He did with David. David sinned. So don't act like that you're holier than thou, that there's not men of God themselves in the Bible, that God made it very clear David sinned. He even murdered a man in order to have sex with the man's wife. So we know that sexual sin can happen even by those that are in positions of power, even those that are leaders of the people and all of those things. But... When you look over in the church, the church has, you got to remember, that was in the Old Testament of David, so God judged him severely. But in the church, things are done differently, and you gotta, they got to be removed. And if you don't remove yourself and you know you're committing sexual sin, God's going to make sure you're removed one way or another because be, uh, be sure your sins are going to find you out. Yes, sir. All right, so let's go on. I know we've already been 58 minutes and counting, but we're going to try to finish this verse, and we're going to... And then we'll tell you goodbye till Tuesday. All right. So the next word is idolaters. It said neither for fornicators nor idolaters. Idolater is a heathen God worshiper, and it involves sex almost every single time. Don't you know that when you're worshiping something other than the true living God, when you are not dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ, any and all other religions can literally send you down that path of... Uh, misguided uh, teachings and sexual sin almost invariably is involved with so many, many of those. Now, I'm not saying all of them. I get that there's some that don't go down that road, but I'm telling you there's many that do. And you say, well, there's some Christians that have done the same thing. I want to tell you something. If, if they're doing that, they've not repented. Now, maybe they fell into sin. Have you not fell into sin? Because if you know if you've not fell into sin, well, how are you? You you must be like Jesus. There's only one Jesus. Are you telling me you ain't never sinned? You say, well, I didn't do that. 
Well, you may not have done that, but don't you know the Lord said even if you failed the one, one piece of the law, one part of the law, any part of the law, that you failed it all? So we're all in that same boat, and we have to understand, and I'm not justifying nobody done it. Don't you think for one second, you preachers, that I'm justifying it, or you teachers, or even a child of the living God that you're up in the church and you're doing things you ought not to be doing. Amen. I'm not justifying. But it says idolaters, and these are heathen God worshipers. That's what they had, and many of them involve sex. Now, so even if you've got uh, Christian religion, I've, I've seen them. I've read about people. They claim Jesus and all that, and then, you know, next thing you know, you heard, you know, after everything falls like a house of cards, and then you find out the preacher was doing this and that and the other, and he was pulling people away and having sex with everybody and all this kind of nonsense. Well, that proved to you right then that they weren't the true followers of God. Don't assume just because somebody says Jesus that they're the true followers of God. Because even Jesus himself said that's not true. Because he said there's going to come a time when they stand before him and he's going to say, I don't know you. Well, that doesn't mean that he doesn't know who they are as a person, but they don't. he doesn't know them in a relationship. There's not a relationship known to him because you didn't have one. And he says, the reason is because of your sin. That's what Jesus said. All right. So, can we relate this to now, here and now, and in this day? Certainly we can. Because don't you know that people can worship their own selves? Oh, yeah, you can become your own God. Yes, you can. And if you've got a mind that you're just going to follow your lust, and that, oh, I just, I can't break from this. I can't, I can't get uh, any... Uh, relief from this and I just got to keep doing this and I'll never get free of this and all that kind of stuff. Look, let me tell you something. First of all, that's not true. The devil's lying to you. God can deliver. Hallelujah. God can deliver. I'm telling you, I know this from experience. It absolutely, God can help you out. Yes, he can. God can help you to not no longer be bound to uh, that what it really becomes a, like a sexual addiction and those type of things so many people do. That's the reason why you keep going and doing those things. And God is, uh, I believe, want me to get on here today before New Year's Eve, before so many of these things across the United States are going, I, I, yeah, the Lord knows. He's not ignorant. And you know what the devil knows too. He knows what you've been planning. Now, the devil can't read your mind, but I'll tell you what, he can certainly see what you're doing on your phone. You think the devil, now I'm not saying the devil's all, he's not omnipresent like God, but he's got devils. And if he can't be there, he'll send his devils. And they can see. They're not blind at our actions, but they, they can't read our thoughts. But they certainly can see what you're going to do, what you've been doing. They can, see, they can see those books you're pulling out that you're hiding that you shouldn't be reading, and you know you shouldn't. They see that pornography you got hidden, whether it be movies or, or whatever else you got going on. They know they're there because they see what you're doing with them. You think the devil don't see that and don't know that? Well, guess what? You know what's worse? God sees it too. And so you're not going to get away with it. God sees everything. So when you stand before him, he's going to say, look, you didn't have, I don't know you because you, you wouldn't repent. You, you didn't have a relationship with him. You got to repent in order and live for the Lord. Didn't we see that in Thessalonians? The apostles were trying to say, look, we want to teach you how to walk with God and how to please Him. Don't listen to these preachers that lie to you and tell you, oh, you don't have to do that. 
That's a lie. You just read it. Go read it again. If you got to read it 50 times, you got to read it 100 times. Keep reading it until you get it. You got to get it in your heart. You got to get it down in your soul. Yes, you do. Amen. And so, heathen gods, you be your own God. You, but I tell you what, uh, and there's a lot of, you know, and so those things, pornography, it can be a heathen God and it involves sex. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, you like I said, you got your right to be wrong. But pornography can absolutely, 100%, be a heathen God involving sex because it becomes your God. It becomes your God. All right, so let's move on. So the next thing it says, fornicators, idolaters. Now it says adulterers. Now, a lot of people look at that and they say, oh, that just means a man that's cheating on his, on, on his wife. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. If you look up that word, it actually translates male lovers. That's what it does. Now, I know some of you preachers, you're going to be mad at me, and you're going to be saying, you're not telling the people the truth. No, no, let's back up. Let's tell the truth. That's what it says. Amen. That's what it says. So, I don't care how that comes about in your life. If you are the male lover, if you're going after a male lover, I don't care who you are. I don't care none of that. That don't make no never mind to God. If you got a male lover or you are a male lover, God says you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. No, you're not. So what's the male lover? Well, it means you're not in a marital relationship with him. Amen. There's no marital relationship. And I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about this three B's and four B's and all this other bunch of nonsense going on. Oh, I got, I got uh, umpteen spouses. and I, No, you don't. Because you better understand something about the church. You can't sit there and say, oh, this one patriarch had X, Y, uh, oh, all these wives over here and, uh, uh, and, and lovers and blah, blah, blah. Huh? You can't use that. You know why? Because the Bible says now. See, God winked at that ignorance, but they didn't have the Holy Ghost. Their body wasn't the temple of the Holy Ghost. Guess what, folks? The body is the temple of the Holy Ghost now. And so God demands that we repent, and you cannot take that body and use it for sexual sin because now it's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Those folks weren't the temple of the Holy Ghost. Their temple was that tabernacle in the wilderness, that tent that was said. So don't twist that up. You know what you're talking about. Don't sit there and, and try to say something that ain't so. Amen. Now your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. So you cannot take your body and use it for sexual sin. You say, well, didn't God understand that uh, those things back? God did wink at some ignorance. That's true, he did. And there were different reasons for that. And I ain't got time to go on that because we've already been over an hour. But you know, so many people play with the, the Word of God. They play. They, they don't look at it and study it and, and want to get it down in their heart. They want to play with it. They want to play with it. And they want to twist it so that it fits their own agenda. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. So, if you, if, so far we see if you are a male prostitute, just, just your average prostitute, whatever, even if you're not even getting paid and you, you're looking people up, 
You know what? If you're using pornography, don't you know those the, all those models in those movies and those magazines? Don't you know they're prostitutes? And you're you're allowing yourself to be entertained by them? You, you know that ain't right. That's not God's way. All right, so let's move on. All right, so be not deceived. Neither fornicators, that's the male prostitutes, just anybody that would be a male prostitute, nor idolaters, so those are heathen worshipers and uh, heathen gods. And there are still to this day, there are some that involve, the, I, every so often I see things pop up that I'm, uh, things that I study about different things. And I'll see even today, because a lot of these were you know, things that they mentioned back in the Old Testament, they, they don't exist now, but there are other things that have cropped up now, that exist now. And things that go on now. I mean, you've seen preachers that started out and even said they were Christian. Next thing you know, they've taken a group off somewhere uh, and they're having sex with all the people up in the church and doing all this kind of thing. Next thing you know, it turns into a crazy mess. And then people end up dead and all kinds of stuff. You know, you've seen it. Jim Jones, all these other kind of things that went on. So, uh, so you know, you, you've got to listen to the Word of God. You've got to know the Word of God, what the Word of God says. And you've got to get the detail down. That's why we've got... God's whole word. We want to preach what God's word says. God's whole word. All right. Now, so, fornicators. That's the male prostitutes, just you know, whoever, and whatever God you got going on, whether it's some preacher. You know that pre sometimes preachers become people's gods, and they're involved in sex with people. They say, well, you know, you're going to be holy if you have sex with me. I've actually seen uh, articles that talk about these things that people are doing. Well, you can't be involved like that. You can't do that. You've got to find people that are willing to preach to you the whole word of God and teach you holiness and separation from God or from the world and give your life to God and live for the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, so the next word, nor effeminate. Now, I've seen this misinterpreted so many times. It just makes me just want to spit. But... If you look this up and it ain't hard to find it, come on, preachers and teachers, it ain't hard to find it. And that word, it's actually talking about a male, an adult male having sex with a young boy or teenager. That is exactly what that's talking about. That's what it's referring. It's referring to that relationship. And you've got to understand all these kind of things that we are talking about right here, they were a part of the Roman Empire. Absolutely. And you say, well, how does that apply? What does it got to do with today? Do you know how many people right now? People being thrown in jail because they're involved in that. Well, guess what? You wouldn't be put in jail if you weren't involved in it, if you wouldn't have known the Word of God and God said, don't do that. Get out of there. Stay out of that kind of stuff. You ain't supposed to be in that kind of mess. Amen. You adult men going after young boys and young teenagers, you better stop that. God is right there. He said the effeminate. It's talking about that effeminate relationship that is going on between the two of them. And you can study that and you can see it right there in the Word of God. It's not hard to see. It's not hard to understand. And you say, well, why in the world would, would the Apostle Paul talk? Because those things existed in the Roman Empire. Now, you say, well, why would God talk about it? Let me tell you something else. You know, many, many preachers, they've got this rule that they use, and they said the word of the first mention. Now, I know a lot of preachers, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. 
the word of the first mention. And, and it's where that something is mentioned one time and you never see it again, but you understand from other things that are preached and taught in the word of God that are spoken about in the word of God. And when I say preach, I'm talking about, I'm talking, don't you know that, so, uh, that uh, uh, Solomon, yeah, he, he was called the preacher. So I'm talking about those things that are taught and preached in the word of God. There are many, many things that were spoken of that give you the understanding that those things are not right. But the word of the first mention, this is literally a word of a first mention of child molestation. That's what this is talking about, a child molestation situation. And you got word of the first mention. So if God is going to mention it here with the adult males going after young boys and going after young teenage boys and all of that kind of thing that you've seen over and over and you know you have. How, how, many, how many times have we seen in the news over and over and over and over? You've got uh, coaches out there. And, and they got their overnight visit. Next thing you know, there's all this mess coming out in the washout and the uh, media and everything. And I know that the media tears things up. I get all that. And sometimes the media just is so irritating. But there is some that will preach and, well, not preach, but report, excuse me, that will report the truth. But, but what I'm saying to you is you know that those things go on. You know they do. Don't act like you don't know they do. And God is saying right here, look, it happened then, it happens now, and you better quit it. But it's word of the first mention. So that means if it ain't supposed to go on between an adult male and a young boy, a young teenage boy, or anything, then it ought not be going on between uh, an adult male and a young girl either. Because it's word of the first mention. <coughs> God don't leave nothing out. You say, well, you got to have two or three witnesses. Don't you know that's what I just said to you all ago? Did you not listen? Are you only listening to what you want to hear? You better open your ears. Here, uh, let God open up your spiritual ears. Come on now, hallelujah. You got to get that Holy Ghost down in here and allow God to move in your soul so you can hear what God's Word says. Amen. And so, we go on. Now, so nor, nor feminine. I know some of you, you, some people, they translate and say, oh, that just means a man dressed up like a woman because sometimes uh you know through the uh, temple prostitutes and all those things did go on but listen you better look it up because it's referring to an adult male having sex with a boy or a teen a young boy it actually talks about that and and so uh so many people they, they don't want to look at those things. Why? Because they're afraid what it's going to do is it's going to let everything else that we've ever stood for just fall like a house of cards. No, let's, let's preach the truth. Let's tell it like it is. And so if God's going to talk about uh, a, an adult male molesting uh, young boys and young teenagers, then do you think that God's going to be okay with men uh, doing the same thing with little girls and teenage girls? No, he's not. Uh-uh. No, he ain't going to be pleased with that neither. Amen. Word of the first mention, hallelujah. And you know what I'm saying is right, too. If you won't think about it long enough, you know that's true. Go look it up. All right, number, uh, verse 9, the last thing. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Now, I know that some of these new versions, even I believe is the New King James Version, has translated these words in a different manner. I know. But what you need to do is you need to go look them up. 
And you say, well, they did, and that's why they translate them. No, no, they didn't translate these correctly because you got to go look them up. How come they say something in the very translations that you use yourself, the very concordances that you use themselves? Go look them up. And so you've got these words, nor abuses of themselves with mankind. When you look that up, you find out it means those who defile themselves. They defile themselves. They disrespect their own bodies. And these are temple prostitutes. Those are temple prostitutes. Search it out. Look it up. They are not the same as the fornicators, which are just like we said. They're just the average. Because there are different types of prostitutes that existed then. They existed uh, you know, simultaneously. There were those that were just uh, prostitutes, you know, like you would see on the street or whatever. Well, of course, now we've got them on the phones and we got them in the pornography uh, industry and all this other kind of thing. And, and so, and now, and that's more like a temple prostitute if there ever was because they're getting paid up one side and down the other and, and that's all they do. That's their whole life. That's their God. Lust is their God. And isn't it a multi-billion dollar business? Yes, it is. It absolutely is. It is a God. It is an absolute God. And it is the God of lust. Don't you know the Bible literally talks about things like that? Yes, it does. And so now, in this day and age, abusing yourselves of mankind, you are those very things. You better get yourself out of that field. You better repent and you better get out of that pornography industry. You gotta get yourself right with God because he's gonna come back and he wants to save your soul. You say, well, I've done so much and I've had sex with thousands of people. I don't care what you've done. God can turn you around. The Bible says such were some of you. You can be changed. God can set you free. God can deliver you and keep you delivered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, he can. He can keep you delivered. Hallelujah. And so I know that there are going to be many people that they will not like what I just said. But it's the truth nonetheless. And so with that said, I want to encourage you one more time. Now, what I'm, what, I, what I'm going to say to you is it is interesting that the Apostle Paul, he was focusing every single one of these involve men every one of those that you saw here in these uh, things that you see it involved men this is true and so some people they will uh jump on that in a specific way but you've got to look at the detail you're going to have to do that because otherwise we're not going to be reaching folks that we're supposed to be reaching we, we got to uh, and i know that there are people I have seen actually a, a man, that's a, he's a preacher now. He's actually a preacher. I don't know if he's a pastor, but I know he's a preacher. And he used to be in the porn industry. He actually was a model. Well, they call them models. I don't call you a model. It's, you're a prostitute. You're getting paid to have sex with people, so you're a prostitute. And he had sex with both men and women and all of this kind of thing. But there was somebody that reached him, and he got saved, and now he's preaching the Word of God. Now, you know there's a lot of people that are too holy you think you are. You think you're too holy. Oh, I don't want to listen to no preacher that was like that. Oh, you better get to think because the Bible says such were some of you. He said some of them were uh, 
temple prostitutes. He said some of them were just uh, average old prostitutes going around behaving like a prostitute and acting like one and whatever. And, 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 and he talked about the male lovers, the adulterers. Those are male lovers. Look it up. That's what it said. So there are those out there that were involved. They were out there and they were involved in these things because the Apostle Paul said, such were some of you. I'm telling you right now, I don't care how far down you're going, God can save you. God can deliver you. God can bring you out of that porn industry. God can help you. And uh, I'm not sure if in the Houston area, if, if they've got uh, uh, the porn industry rolling around in there, but I kind of think they might. And if you do and you're hearing this, know that God loves you. He really does. And you say, well, I'm so trapped, I don't know what to do. God can take you out of there. He can save you. He can deliver you. He can even fill you with the Holy Ghost. And you might say, well, why would God fill me with the Holy Ghost? I said the same thing to myself. God, why did you even bother saving me? I was such a mess. God is, is, is wanting to love us and give us a new life. God is wanting to put joy down on our soul. God is wanting to give us an inheritance. And he said, look, I'm going to take the most messed up folks. He said, and I'm going to love them. I'm going to clean them up. If they'll just be willing to repent and turn to me, I can help them and I can deliver and I can save. And I know, hallelujah, thank you. And I know that's true because God did that for me. Praise the Lord. And so God can do the same for you. Now, I am not going to apologize for this podcast going as long. I'm not going to do it. I ain't apologizing for this uh, podcast going as long because as long as it has today or tonight. But I'm, I'm going to say this to you. I really felt pressed of the Holy Ghost to talk about these things before New Year's Eve. And even tonight, you know, some of you may be planning on going here, there, and yonder. You're going to be uh, cheating on your spouse. You know, you cheating on your wife cheating on your husband cheating on you know I, and 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 god has got a word out there for you to hear he wants you to turn around and do things differently he wants you to repent god loves you you say but i'm so trapped i get that and i'm gonna pray for y'all right now you say well you already take it so long well don't you want prayer why would you turn away from prayer prayer is the power of god moving in your life God wants to help you. God wants to deliver you. And it's one of the pieces of armor that we have. And we fight with it. He said you cover all with prayer. You, you know, and, and God is able to fight for you. He will if you give him an opportunity. If you give God a chance. I tell you, give Jesus a chance. He's able to save you. He's able to deliver you. He's able to take you on out. And he's able to keep you. So I'm going to pray for y'all. And especially y'all, you you got sex addiction going and you got... Uh, maybe you're trapped up in an adulterous relationship. Maybe you got a male lover somewhere. Maybe maybe you got a, a, a female lover somewhere. And your spouse and your wife, husband, whoever, they don't even know what you've done. They don't even know what you've done. They don't know what you've been doing. And maybe you hiding it good. Maybe you say, well, I'm going to go. i got to go do this. Or i got to pretend you're going to work and you ain't doing no such thing. And you know you're not. Amen. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. And I've even done a few myself many years ago before I repented. But when you repent, that means God is saying, look, you're saying you're going to turn around, so turn around. Turn around and face Jesus, and what he'll do is he will come to you and he will lead you and guide you. He loves you, and he wants to save you. He really does. And he's got power like nobody. Hallelujah. He's got power like nobody else. I'm telling you, he does. He really, really does. Lord, we thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. And we thank you for the word of God. You have kept your word. 
And you have delivered it to us even down through the ages where we are now. Hallelujah. And we thank you. And your word is able to wash us clean. Hallelujah. Being washed by the water of the word. And you're able to deliver us, to save us, to keep us. Hallelujah. And you got that Holy Ghost power you want to offer to us to help us day by day to get through and to be strong in the Lord and allow the power of God and the fire of the Spirit, God, to cleanse us and to keep us moving and guiding and leading us on. Amen. And so I ask you, God, to help anybody out there. Dear Lord, hear me because I know you heard me back in the day, Lord, when you knew that I was just in such a mess. And you heard my cry. I'm asking you, Lord, and I'm pleading for these folks. I'm asking God to give them a chance, give them an opportunity to turn around and repent and get right. If they're male prostitute, if they may be in the porn industry, maybe they're a male lover of somebody, or maybe, uh, Lord, they, they lost up in whatever religion that has got sex involved in all of these things. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to help them to get on out to bring them out, to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And deliver them and save them. Hallelujah. Because you are able to do just that. And I ask you all these things in the precious and beautiful and wonderful and powerful name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. The powerful name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord be lifted up and given praise. Amen. And so with that said, I'm going to ask you, yes, go enjoy your New Year's holiday, but let's keep it holy. Let's keep it holy. And when I say that, listen, you know, when you, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about holiness. They don't want to talk about separation from the world and holiness. But listen, the Lord uses holiness to heal us. I know a lot of people don't understand that, but God uses holiness to heal us ourselves and, and, and being separated from those things that are sinful and ungodly and, and and but the Lord has made it so clear in his word this sexual sin is so damaging to us being used by God it's absolutely damaging to our souls it's damaging to the ministry it's damaging to our families and our children and uh, friends and anybody you say well I I don't affect nobody. It's just me and I. No, it affects everybody. It, and it may not affect everybody as a whole, but it can affect everybody. It can affect and move through and, and literally touch all of these different uh, people that I've mentioned. It may not for each and every person touch all of those different people, but somebody, sexual sin always ends up somehow hurting somebody. Even the prostitutes where you are watching those things and you're looking at those things and you're aiding and abetting this situation and so many of these people are trapped and, and most of them are. They, they are addicted and they don't even realize that this, the devil has blinded their eyes. They don't realize that they have been blinded. And you are just allowing it to be continued by your usage of these things. And God wants to take us and clean us up. God wants to, to allow us or, or to give us holiness to heal us, but but you've got to allow it. You know, what do you think of repentance is about? God's not going to force you to repent, but he certainly wants you to repent. He wants all of us to repent, and he wants us to turn from our sin. And, and for all of you that may be in that industry, and maybe you've 
stumbled off, uh, onto this and you talk and you you listening and you hear I mean this sincerely God loves you and God wants to bring you out and, I, and you cannot tell me that there's a part of you that doesn't realize that you're disrespecting your own body that you you are abusing yourself with mankind you're abusing yourself with whoever that you're being involved it's it's destroying your life and, and if you take long enough to stop and look, you can see the destruction. You can see it. Look around. And the Lord has the opportunity or wants to give you the opportunity to pull away from that. He wants to be able to give you a life that you can be absolutely enjoying. He said he comes that he we might give you life and that more abundantly. He really, really wants to give you an abundant life. You say, well, I've got money, I've got this. Money is not what I mean. You have no idea, if you're thinking like that, what it's like to have peace with God. To know that you actually are at peace with God. What that means is that you know that when you meet Him, you're not going to be worried about meeting Him. But if you're not worried about meeting Him, you better get worried. You say, well, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be afraid of God. The Bible does not teach that. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so we've got to allow God to uh, use us. And, and, and as Christians, those of us that are serving the Lord, we've got to be able to be used. But listen to me. Now I'm going to talk to you you folks that are, uh, you know, you, you say you're going to serve the Lord. Remember, there's some folks that are going to come in the house of God that may have come from these things. But remember what the Apostle Paul said. He said, such were some of you. Don't turn them away. Don't turn them away like I was. Some folk didn't want to pray with me. Some folk didn't want to do. Don't let yourself get trapped by that because that in itself can be destructive to people. So with that said, may the Lord bless you and keep you and protect you over this holiday. And we'll meet again. And may you just be blessed with the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen.